minutes before the hour. You're listening to Raven Radio KCAW in Sitka. Today is Tuesday, December 15th, 2020. I'm Brooke Schaefer with Raven News. The downward trend in COVID cases in Sitka last week may only have been a dip, as officials reported more new cases on Monday. According to the city's COVID dashboard, there are five new cases in the community, two men and one woman in their 60s, a man in his 20s, and a girl under age 9. Four of the patients were experiencing symptoms when they tested last Thursday and Friday, and one was asymptomatic. Four of the five cases are considered secondary, meaning that the patient had contact with someone already known to have the virus. One patient picked up the virus through community spread. All patients are isolating in Sitka, and close contacts have been notified. Sitka currently has 16 active cases of coronavirus. In all, there have been 243 cases since the pandemic began earlier this year. A Mount Edgecombe High School student tested positive for the coronavirus last week, prompting a quarantine of close contacts, all of whom should be cleared to travel by the holidays. Superintendent Janelle Vaness said the student was the seventh to test positive for the virus since September. She says they were identified during the school's regular testing of the student body. Through contact tracing, they've identified a small group that was in close contact with the student. Um, In this case, through the whole process that we did, we've identified six other folks that needed to be quarantining. So we um, have that all happening. We've got a process for doing that here on campus. Vaness says the close contacts have since tested negative for the virus. They'll receive a second test in seven days. She says if the second tests come back negative, the students will be able to be released from quarantine in accordance with updated CDC guidelines. We're pretty grateful for the new CDC guidelines because that is um, going to help make sure that um, all of these kids that had planned to, to be traveling home for the holidays are still going to be able to do that, though uh, several of them did have to change their ticket to go, you know, leave a few days later than they had originally planned. So far, she says the mitigation strategies are working. While Sitka and communities across the state remain at high risk, Mount Edgecombe has been able to maintain some sense of normalcy. She attributes that to testing and being able to catch cases quickly. All of the test positives have been, you know, asymptomatic. And so my my guess is that it's just a, vi- a virus that, uh, without the testing, might have gone undetected and ultimately led to spread. But Uh, Because we're able to do testing, we're catching it pretty early um, before it has that chance to spread or any other students are getting that level of virus load that would cause it to be spreading around campus. Vanessa says she's really proud of students for consistent mask wearing. She thinks that's been integral to their ability to keep the virus from spreading. Yakutat has reported two new cases of the coronavirus. That's following news last week that two people in Yakutat tested positive after more than six weeks without a reported case in the community. Neither person has symptoms, and both had direct contact with someone who tested positive for COVID-19, according to a press release from the Yakutat Incident Command. Both received positive test results after participating in free, community-wide testing on Friday. The Yakutat Community Health Center is conducting contact tracing, and officials are asking residents to keep their bubbles small, wear masks, practice social distancing, and wash their hands frequently. Yakutat has reported 14 cases of coronavirus since July, four of which are considered active.
The community is scheduling another free testing event and will release additional details soon. Alaska's three Electoral College members cast their votes for President Donald Trump on Monday. Joe Biden received a majority of the electoral votes nationally, and he will be inaugurated as the 46th president of the United States on January 20th. Each presidential candidate has electors chosen from their political party who are pledged to vote for them if they win the most votes in each state. John Binkley of Fairbanks and Judy Elledge and Randy Rudrick of Anchorage were pledged to vote for Trump when he won Alaska. They met in Juneau to sign the documents awarding their votes on the same day that the electors in every state cast their votes. Lieutenant Governor Kevin Meyer says Alaska benefits from the indirect system for electing the president. Here in Alaska, we recognize the importance of the Electoral College and the parity that it brings to the smaller populated states like Alaska. Meyer's office oversees the Division of Elections. He says the election went smoothly in the state. And uh, that's not an easy task even in a normal year, but with this being such an abnormal year, it was a, a huge task. There has been more attention to the Electoral College this year as Donald Trump has contested the election results. Alaska Acting Attorney General Ed Sniffen wrote a letter last week attempting to join a filing in support of a Texas lawsuit challenging the results in four states. The U.S. Supreme Court rejected the Texas lawsuit on Friday. Despite Alaska's support in the Electoral College, Trump won't win a second term, a result that a majority of voters in Sitka and the broader election district agree with. KCAW's Robert Woolsey reports. The story of the election in Sitka follows the same pattern as the rest of the country. There's a total from Election Day, which generally favored Republicans, And then there's the absentee count, which came later and significantly favored Democrats. In Sitka, Trump led Biden by over 200 votes on Election Day. But when the state division of elections counted absentee ballots from the entire district a week later, Biden had collected over 1,200 more votes than Trump and edged out the president by 240 votes. In fact, only 20 percent of registered voters in Sitka turned out in person to the polls on Election Day. In Petersburg, in-person turnout was closer to 24 percent. Voters in both communities relied heavily on absentee and early voting opportunities. Elsewhere in the district, however, in Angoon, Craig, Huna, Cake, Kassan, North Prince of Wales Island, Pelican, Elfin Cove, Port Alexander, Tenneke Springs, and Thorn Bay, in-person voter turnout was higher and more typical of normal years. It was a similar story for other candidates. In the race for U.S. Senate, incumbent Republican Dan Sullivan led on Election Day over his challenger, Democrat Al Gross. But Gross came roaring back at the absentee count, with 1,400 more votes cast in his favor than Sullivan's. Although Gross won the local voting district, Sullivan won statewide and reclaimed his Senate seat for another six years. In the race for U.S. House of Representatives, second-time challenger Democrat Elise Galvin trailed incumbent Republican Don Young by just over 100 votes on election night. But, like Gross, the district absentee ballots went to her by over 1,600 votes, and she was the preferred candidate locally by a margin of 677 votes. However, Galvin also lost the statewide tally, sending Don Young back to Washington, D.C. for a 25th term making him the current longest-serving member of that body. And finally, in the Alaska legislature, Sitka Democrat Jonathan Christ Tompkins also got a huge bounce from absentee ballots. 
winning those votes by a two-to-one margin over challenger Republican Kenny Carl Scaffelstad. Although Christ Tompkins had the hometown edge on Election Day over Scaffelstad in Sitka by over 100 votes, Petersburg voters actually gave Scaffelstad a lead of 12 votes in just those two towns. That lasted for only a week, of course, until the avalanche of absentee ballots rolled in, giving Christ Tompkins a fifth term in the Alaska House of Representatives. Reporting in Sitka, I'm Robert Woolsey. The Central Council of the Clinkett Haida has raised more than $40,000 to help Haines families recover from the mudslides and floods unleashed by heavy rains on December 2nd. Council President Richard Peterson says tribes worked together to get equipment and resources to Haines and were among the first to arrive. Peterson says it offered help not just to tribal members, but to the entire community. Our motto is healthy tribes make healthy communities. And we're all in this together, especially when you live in rural Alaska. An emergency happens and say, oh, we're going to help you, not you. Oh, we'll help you, not you. And we need to hold each other up. Since the COVID-19 threat, tribes have been working hard to upgrade their emergency operations centers. The Central Council recently bought a shop in Juneau to store equipment and supplies for emergencies which was a big help in the Haines response. Peterson says tribal governments also shared equipment and manpower. Nobody wants a disaster. My heart goes out for the community. But it was awesome for us that we were able to quickly respond and be able to provide some support. Peterson says a lot more help will be needed to help families in Haines recover from the damage and encourages people to keep donating to relief efforts. I'm Brooke Schaefer, and this has been Raven News. And now taking a brief look at our weather forecast for Sitka and Port Alexander for Tuesday, December 14th, excuse me, December 15th, 2020. Today, mostly cloudy, slight chance of rain, except chance of rain near Little Port Walter. Highs in the lower 40s, east winds around 10 miles per hour. Tonight, cloudy, chance of rain, near steady temperatures in the upper 30s, northeast winds around 10 miles per hour. And now taking a look at our community calendar for things happening in Sitka and the listening region today. Registration is open for the Sitka Tribe of Alaska Social Services Department's Free Fatherhood is Sacred sessions. Uh, These sessions are based on Native American values and responsibility to raise safe and happy families. And the sessions take place noon on Tuesdays and Thursdays via Zoom. To register or for more information, contact Jean Swanson at 747-3968. Sitka Chess Club, hosted by Alexander Allison, meets 2 p.m. Tuesdays at Harrigan Centennial Hall. All ages and ability levels are welcome. Masks are required. Gary Paxton Industrial Park Board meets 3 p.m. Tuesday, December 15th at Harrigan Centennial Hall. For more information, call Gary White at 747-2660. Thanks for tuning in to your community radio station, Raven Radio, KCAW. This is listener-sponsored Raven Radio, KCAW, Sitka.